So, Amanda, you've been in Kelowna for just over two years. Yes. What brought you to Kelowna in 2016? So, at that time, I was living in Vancouver with my fiancé. We had been living there for a year. Thought mm-hmm. we would love it there. Realized it was absolutely not for us. Mm-hmm. So, See, where were you before that? So, we were before that, we were in Calgary. Okay. And in Calgary, we were there for... Well, I was there for three years. That's where we met... Um, my fiance is from Calgary and we always kind of knew it just wasn't home for us. Like something just didn't feel right mm-hmm. about it. Like we had have family there and that was great. But for us, just like something was lacking. So we thought, okay, like we'll try to move. And my fiance really wanted to go to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to Kelowna actually at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the work that we were in and what was best for us, Vancouver, we thought was best for us at the time. Right. So, and so where are you from originally? Him? You. Me. So I'm from the Coonies. So, oh, okay. yes. Um, I say trail, but most people, because in Vancouver and Calgary, I feel like most people didn't know about trail, but now I can actually say I'm actually from Fruitvale, even smaller than trail. But yeah, so that's where I grew up. Okay. So I, I was aware of Kelowna. We would take like family trips there, and my grandparents used to live here, so we'd come visit them. So that was great. So yeah. I knew a little bit of why I kind of liked Kelowna already, but my fiancé was like, it's not a city. Nope, we, we can't move there. Right. <laughs> it's too small. Yeah. Calgary to Kelowna. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I lived in and worked in Nelson oh, for four so years, so okay. I would come to Kelowna for the weekend. Okay. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And um, what was wrong with Vancouver from, from your perspective? Yeah, so... Um, Vancouver is a great city. There's really, I mean, it works for a lot of people, but, um, for us, it was too crazy and too busy. And Mm. we felt that we weren't getting to do the things we love, which was often going in nature. And like, as much as there's great thing, mountains and hikes and stuff to do around Vancouver, it would take so long for us to get to them. And then when we would get to them, it would be like overrun with just tourists and people. And it just... We liked, like, in Calgary, we liked just escaping to the mountains, and it was just like, you'd see a couple people on the hike, and that was it. Right. We missed that, and we were just, we were just too much nature, nature people, so we missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you have any disputes about Kelowna, or was it like, okay, we tried Vancouver, you know, I wanted to go to Kelowna, (laughs) and it was like, okay, you're right? Um, yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) So... It, um, I think the biggest thing that um, made the push happen was my fiance started getting more into um, real estate and learning mm-hmm. about the market and learning that we probably couldn't afford buying anything in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So it was, Kelowna was affordable. So that kind of grew him, which I was so happy because I was like, yes, like secretly, this is where I've always wanted to right. be. And I was worried. It was a little touch and go in the beginning if he was going to like it. Um, he really didn't know. Like he let's go let's do this um we can buy we so we bought and we did it and um thank goodness he ended up loving it so he loves it here now he calls it like our long-term home i call it our long-term home so like now Kelowna is home for us so that's pretty exciting that's wonderful so when you say he got interested in real estate you mean like buying something yeah just to buy yeah he didn't become a realtor no he didn't become a realtor no no (laughs) no not at all no no problem (laughs) just kind of learning about it he thought hey let's look at buying a house house. as a couple and uh, nice yeah wonderful so uh you moved to West Kelowna yes and any regrets so far 
No, none, none <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> we are looking to buy into the Kelowna side, but honestly, like, we would be happy if we stayed in West Kelowna. Like, we absolutely love living there. Right. Yeah. How many years did you work as a nurse? So I worked as a nurse, I believe, five years? Five years, yes. Yeah. yeah. Were you um, long-term care nurse or emergency room, or what did you do? So I, in the beginning, bounced around a little bit. So started in med surge, um, a little placement in emerge. I then went to um, get my gerontology certificate, and then I um, worked at a rehab um, facility in Calgary to help wow. older adults get back into either the community or home. It was kind of like a in-between place to know. So rehab, like drug addiction? No, rehab. sorry, not re- rehab, like rehabilitation as in like, so a lot. Physio. Um, everything, I would say. So like often everybody, um, or sorry, older adults when they go to the hospital can really change the outcome. So like often when you're younger, you go into the hospital, you get Eugene for one thing you can treat that one thing and then you send the patient home with older adults say they come in for something to do with their heart and just laying in the bed can really mess up their immobility which then can play a part on their brain and just like there's so it's um, a multitude of things so instead of often the research found that if you sent an older adult home um, it was likely that they would just end up back in the hospital because having them in the hospital created something else that wasn't dealt with so it was basically taking older adults um to our unit and assessing, like, could they go back home? Are they completely ready to go back home? Um, maybe is it time to look at a, uh, going into a home um, and just making sure, you know, all aspects of their health, um, not just what they came into the hospital for, were treated before they, they would go home. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry. And then yeah. <laughs> moved to Vancouver and um, became uh, a clinical educator and a clinical instructor at UBC. So I would have... Oh. Um, um, part of that was also at a, um, reti- what am I, what am I losing the word, <laughs> but, um, like a seniors facility. So then kind of took that knowledge and, um, helped educate, um, staff there. And then also had, um, six, uh, first year nursing students in the accelerated program at UBC. Wow. Yeah. So as a nurse, you worked in all kinds of different fields of nursing yeah. and you started to do public speaking towards the end. Um, a little bit. I would say the public speaking started when I was doing a lot of research in nursing. So that was kind of a passion for me that started closer to when I finished my um, nursing degree. However, the public speaking, I would say, came more once I started to become um, more open about my personal struggles and um, what Mm -hmm. was going on then. Then people started asking, when I was becoming more vocal about it, then people started to ask me to share my stories. And that's when I would say it started to happen. Yeah. Interesting. So out of all those aspects, what was your favorite part of nursing? Ooh, man, that's a great question. Um, I, I truly... I loved being a nurse. I guess, like, technically I'm still a nurse, but I'm not practicing right now. Um, And I think my soft spot is for older adults. So, Mm -hmm. like, people kind of told me, oh, don't go into that area of nursing. It's not very glamorous or you could be doing other things. And And I could understand why they would tell me those things. 
there's definitely like a lot of challenges but I just I don't know like I'm I was super close with my grandparents so I think maybe that led me to just have like a complete weakness for mm. older adults and just absolutely love being involved in their lives and hearing their stories and learning from them and yeah. that made my job much more enjoyable yeah. that's really nice we um, interviewed a nurse last week yeah. and she worked in emergency yeah for most of her career yeah and uh, I asked her was it stressful you know seeing people with injuries coming in yeah did you find it stressful seeing um people you know suffering or going through some physical issues that maybe in some cases aren't resolvable because they're terminal and they need to go into a rest home how, um, how did you personally cope with you know i think i was quite strange in this in a good way in, a, <laughs> in this area because i think i had turned off so many of those emotions mm. that for me it was like I had to be the strong person for them. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, I wasn't going through my difficulties. They were going through their difficulties. Like, it wasn't about, like, I don't, I don't know. I was very, um, yeah. Is there, yeah, so I understand what you mean. Like, yeah. you're, you're in a support role. So. Yes. It almost, like, it almost triggered me more to, to just show up for these, for these people, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, and I think because... Um, so when I first graduated from um, my nursing degree, I ended up actually getting a terminal diagnosis myself, oh. um, rare tumor diagnosis. So I have, um, or I had at the time two tumors in my neck and two tumors in my, in my head. And um, doctors told me I didn't have much time left to live. And so when was this? This was in 2012. 2012 so six years ago yeah and so um that so from that it started this whole beautiful transition to where I am now which I didn't even realize but I definitely hit um a really dark place and it definitely affected um my nursing but in the beginning because I was upset with I guess people who didn't take life and living seriously people who wanted to kind of abuse the healthcare system but then once I worked on myself and transitioned into like healing myself mm -hmm. I realized it was the best um, thing truly to happen to me to then relate to patients better mm -hmm. because like I then like I had my my time of my my grieving and my processing and like I, like I can relate now better to what people are going through mm -hmm. and that's why I think more palliative care kind of really stuck with me as well and where I kind of excelled at is because um, I could then relating to my own experiences help help people in their struggles that mm -hmm. way so yeah so what about the uh, diagnosis is it cured um, it's it's not so um, I I had these two tumors, two in my neck, two in my head. Two were surgically removed. Um, the two that were supposed to um, take my life are still in my head. And um, the truth is doctors have no idea why, why I'm still alive. I was supposed to lose my vision, lose my hearing, lose my ability to smell, my ability to speak. All these things were supposed to happen, and um, they just haven't. So, yeah, exactly. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I guess there, it's not safe to, to remove those. Exactly. They're inoperable. Um, yeah, the I'm rare, so, so people have these tumors, and often they'll just grow on one side of their body versus um, both sides of their body. I happen to have them grow on both sides of um, my head. Huh. So, the not getting too technical with the process, but basically if they were to go um, remove uh, my jugular body, which is essentially um, what they would have to do to take out one of the tumors, I could survive without one. But 
because these tumors grow off the blood supply, they would increase blood supply to the opposite side, growing it, and you can't live without without both. I so see. that's kind of the general senses of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, good luck. Um, Thank you. Right. You seem perfectly healthy. So yeah. I, I mean, I would never know this. Yeah. I and yeah, truly, and I um, I truly think like. I just make the most of my life and I'm actually feel like happier now with mm. this. Um, my life is better than it was before finding out about this diagnosis because it allows me to realize that like our life really is short. Like we don't get forever. Mm-hmm. And so it allows me to, you know, make choices to um, live how we want to live, you know, just move to Kelowna if we want to move to Kelowna. That's what right. I really want, you know. Not waste time. Uh, not waste time, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's honestly, it's my blessing in disguise, I call it. Probably, like, the best thing that, one of the best things that ever happened to me. Sounds crazy, but true. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you started a business. I started a business. Tell us what it's like to start a business in a brand new city. Uh, you didn't know anybody when you came here, right? No. Just your fiance. Yeah, we didn't know anybody. Um... Oh, it, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Definitely, I could see why entrepreneurs go through like the emotional roller coaster yes. of processes. Um, I think also I was lucky because I went through such an emo- emotional roller coaster with learning about my diagnosis. So I had to um, work on myself and learn how to overcome my mind and strengthen my mind for that process. Um, so that definitely helped me kind of into this process and I think in that learning is I truly I truly believe like we can do anything we want in our life as long as we put our minds to it um like there is ways there's avenues there's you know supports there's there's ways of making things happen so mm-hmm. um having that definitely made it easier um to start the business in Kelowna not knowing anybody but the other thing that I felt right away made a difference is so I started for a couple months in Vancouver before we moved but um I felt such a huge sense of community in Kelowna that Mm. you didn't feel in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Vancouver, there's so many entrepreneurs and everybody's doing their thing to hustle and try to make it happen, but I feel like everybody kind of already has their, like, their groups or their ways and to really try to break into that I found was really difficult. And mind you, I only did it for a few months, so that's not Mm -hmm. really a long enough time to really um, judge that scenario. But then coming to Kelowna, which I felt... A huge difference from Calgary and Vancouver was the sense of community and I had that in a small town but I feel like I never had that in the big city so to have it in like a city place um, here was phenomenal like mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it yeah I think it's kind of the best of both worlds because it's got a small town feel in some ways but yes. there's enough population here that you can actually have a business and make yes, some money exactly it was almost impossible yeah <laughs> i found anyways but uh because that, it was so small that's you where know. you start try to start up a business in yeah Nelson. i yeah. did yeah. yeah so you said you had a belief that anything is possible and you can achieve anything you set your mind to yes and i got this sense that you you felt your belief was a little bit challenged when you started um okay I did think... you have some setbacks or was everything easy peasy um two parts to that I would say it's always challenged because I think that's normal life that we always are going to have obstacles or like our own self-doubt and I always believe that it's work that you have to put in to overcome that strength and the other thing for people always ask me like what are what have been the barriers I'm like yeah there have been like small barriers I can't make a decision or I picked the wrong person and I lost some money or to hire for this and that but I don't know like once I started this business and um, it's kind of funny how I started it um, everything started to feel 
like I was on the right path, mm-hmm. like I should be doing this. So I feel like there haven't been too many great struggles. And mind you, I'm like now in like the first year of marketing and that hasn't been easy. It's another new learning curve. So I'm right. sure there's more struggles to come with that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do we say aim plus glow or aim and glow? <laughs> so I know it's incorrect, but I do say aim and glow. Right. I just thought the plus line looked prettier. <laughs> I think it looks better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so aim and glow. What is, where does the name come from? Um, what is the business? Yeah, about? yeah. So um, uh, I'll jump around to that. So the, the business actually started um, from a product. That is why I decided to put nursing on hold to start the business. And I'll get into that. But so Aim and Glow kind of was like the name that came after the product. And the product is called Enthusiastic Changemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aim and Glow is simply like, I want it's a wellness movement. I want people to realize like that health, health and happiness is possible, and it's all about helping you set your aim so you can find your own glow. Nice. Yeah. So is it uh, personal coaching? No, no, no it's not. So okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, what enthusiastic change maker is is I call it a planner. So it's a book. Okay. Um, it is much more than a planner. I feel like it shouldn't be just called a planner, but truly, it was like the name I went with that people can relate to. Um, so a lot of, um, typical traditional planners are about time slots and scheduling and kind of just putting your to-dos in. Whereas the enthusiastic change maker is more about focusing on you and helping you create a better balance in your life. Um, and it does this by focusing on five key components. So we got your change making, your self-love, your physical movement, your food health, and your creative space. And the whole reason why I created this product, um, was because I was going through my own personal struggles. And I was trying to find, and I hit depression, and I was trying to find a way to overcome that, get a hold of my life again. Um, I felt very lost, and often I would, um, at one point it got really bad, so I realized, you know, I just needed to figure out a new system, so I dove into research, um, counselors, support groups, retreat, like, self-help books, anything I could find. Mm-hmm. And then I would, you know, try something for a little bit, feel great for a bit, and then kind of fall back down. And it was just like up and down, up and down, and I was getting kind of frustrated. I'm like, oh, I'm trying all these things, and I I just want to like get to that point where I'm kind of feeling at least a little bit more normal in my life again, back to how I was before my diagnosis. And what I discovered along the way is like we don't, we really have to balance like mind and body, and I Mm -hmm. feel like often we're just like, oh, tell yourself to be happy, and then that's the solution, or go exercise, and that's the solution, or go eat well, and that's the solution. But I truly believe it's like a little bit of everything. And um, so I started tracking all what I was doing in a notebook because I was just so like desperate that like if my tumors were going to take my life, they sure as heck were not going to take my happiness before I went. So I was so desperate to like, what what could make me happy? What could what could I do for myself? And um, so I found the system, and it worked for me. And I my my life truly started to turn around um, in so many better ways. Like with nursing, I sort of touched on it a little bit. I started to like. Um, appreciate nursing in my standpoint versus kind of looking at it negatively I started to look that I could be loved in life because I kind of thought I was like a damaged goods sort of thing and mm-hmm. I, I had this whole emotional process um to go through and then once my life started picking up I found love I was excelling in my nursing career then I had people who knew what was going on with me they're like what what are you doing like I'm struggling with this and I'm like not happy like what is going on like give me your secret kind of thing and I'm like kind of thinking to myself like what to like it's not secret. Like, I thought this was my own sort of struggles. And then, um, yeah, I gave my little system 
to friends and family and um, really didn't expect much, just was trying to offer some help. And it was actually seeing their results as well that inspired me to be like, oh my goodness, like maybe I actually have something that can help people. And talked it over with my fiance and was just like, took our savings, my savings from my job that was supposed to go into our home and was like, no, I'm going to start a business instead. And uh-huh. he was so supportive because he saw the results um, of the of the people in our lives and long and behold made the book an enthusiastic change maker and that's that's what started the business nice yeah you didn't bring a copy i did actually oh great yes yeah, it's kind of a confusing it. product to describe so. yeah so i want to see it so i can ask you some yeah. questions i have a sample one here this one so it's, it's a beautiful stuff. book with a ringed binder yeah. and uh, it's a planner and there are five aspects to it. Yes. What do these five symbols on the cover represent? Tell yeah. us the five. Yep. Yeah. So those are kind of like the key components that I touched on. So I'll open it here so you have a visual. It's a little bit easier too on the weekly layout. Okay. So we have your change making and that simply is like, what are your goals? Why are you using the planner? What do you want in life? What is your mindset? If it's just focusing on happiness, which mine was at the time, it's like, what are some exercises we can use to just focus on mindset? Self-love, how are you taking care of yourself emotionally? You know, if you often think that you want something, um, do you believe in your ability to get to that point? Do you believe in yourself? Are you giving yourself negative self-talk? Physical Mm -hmm. movement, what are you doing for your body? How are you moving your body every day? Because um, we know that moving the body is good for for the brain. So if you're going to heavily focusing on something that you're trying to change with your mind or your aspect of your life, you're going to need to move your body. Mm -hmm. Food health, what are you consuming in your body? So... You know, I feel like medicine or food is a is a form of medicine or a slow form of poison. It's like, what are you putting into your body? Is that contributing to your overall health? And there's so much research now too about how um, how um, different foods that you eat can actually contribute to anxiety, depression, and a lot of um, mental health um, concerns that were finding out so that's been kind of exciting to learn about as well and create a space what's true and unique to you because I feel like we got to get back into like the creativity of like you know what what do we even want like what what is unique to us like what kind of changes do you want to make and so it's simply about kind of tracking what you do in those five key five key components yes and seeing giving yourself really a self-awareness piece of like what am I doing in my life now? Right. You know, and what are my good habits, or maybe what are my not so good habits, and uh, how you can make some changes going forward. So it can be uh, a planner, but also a journal. Yes. So you can look back and say what what's working, what's not working. Exactly. So in in, in these boxes, you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. Yeah. Um, you would put like one or two things that you want to do in each of those aspects, right? So. For example, physical movement. Yep. Um, I'm going to go for a walk on Wednesday because it's my day off and forecast is sunny. So you're just thinking ahead a little bit and you're trying to do something in each of the five categories every yes. day. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's it, And it's simple. It's really a simple process. It's yeah. not a lot, but I feel like often we think we're doing better for ourselves than what we often are. So it's it's really the act of writing it down. You get that blank look in the face of like, oh, this is what I'm really doing. <laughs> this looks great. And then you've got um, a monthly check-in. Yes. So what's that all about? So um, 
So basically, um, in the beginning of the planner, there's goal setting exercises like what is your desired story? What is your current story? Let's help you break that down even smaller. So it's all about small, actionable mm -hmm. steps. Mm -hmm. And um, the monthly check-in is like basically like instead of just getting caught up in the day-to-day -day of what you're doing, like why are you using this planner? Like let's go back to you know, check in to make sure you're still on the right track of why you even picked it up in the first place. Mm -hmm. So checking in, are you on the right path? Are you working towards steps towards your goals? Um, your rating system. So each week there is a rating system. So you can kind of see, why did I rate this week a three star? Like, why did I feel so good about this week? What did I do in this week? Um, why is this a one star? Oh, like, you know, I'm eating poorly. I'm not sleeping that well. Wow, look at this week when I actually made myself exercise four times a week, I definitely felt an overall better in my, in my days. So that this kind of is on the month is like a monthly check-in of, um, overall kind of like, is there patterns to your month? Is there not just kind of an overall view? Yeah. And, um, the big successes in the monthly, monthly check-in is just like, what are all the good things you're proud of? So in, in per week we do the small successes. So it's like with a goal, there's like, it's often big and daunting and we have to think about all these things we need to do to get there, but that's not the process. It's like, mm -hmm. what are the small things you're doing? Like you, um, you know, chose to go for a walk on Wednesday, like you said, your example, but you re went outside and realized you didn't have time to make it your full long loop that you normally want to do. So you did two blocks, but you still did something, you know, you still made mm -hmm. yourself do it. So it's like keeping track of like that you are still moving towards your goals and it's about creating that su successful mindset for yourself versus like, oh, I didn't go for a long enough walk. Now I feel like I'm a failure. Right. Right. So and yeah. then the big successes of just stopping reflecting. Um, and it's pretty exciting to see how much you, you do in a month. And then moving forward, if there's anything you want to change going forward. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So creative space. I want to talk about that one yeah. a little bit. So let's say someone is like a corporate drone and they just like enter data all the time and, yeah. and they come home, they're mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend a person puts in there? So maybe they mm -hmm. have a hobby. Yeah. Or... And I think, um, I would, okay. My first thing I always jump to is like art therapy mm. simply because I feel, well, for me, that was a huge one. I think when, like, we're, when we're kids, like creativity is so important. And then we get into the real world and like, we don't have time for those things. Mm -hmm. Our jobs don't allow it. Our responsibilities don't allow it. And, um, actually I feel like, um, for me too, of like, one of the big things is like, I'm not a painter. I'm not, I'm not a creative person in my adult life. I would say that at all, but just, I just started, I went to the dollar store. I got some paints. I just was like, I'm going to paint. I'm just going to like do this. And it was not pretty, but it was just like tapping in again to like, what do you like? Cause like, I feel mm -hmm. like often people don't even know where to start. What do they even want sort of thing. So right. um, especially if you're on a computer, definitely avoid the, avoid the screens and just find something creative for you that, what did you do as a kid? Like bring a little bit of that back into your life and yeah. allow your brain to go there again. Use the other side of it. So it could be anything. Lego, uh, art. Lego, like yes. right. Like right, right, yeah. <laughs> Games, but like anything. Just anything that's creative that you will enjoy. Too, yes. And you want to try to fit a little bit in every day. Exactly. And the other thing, like if people don't want to do that, like um, the planner's blank slate, blank, so you can bring in your own kind of um, practices. But like it could be, you know, tracking um, how much you sleep. It could be tracking your bowel movements. Can nurses me is really important for a lot of people, <laughs> right. right? Right. Like right. it could be lots of different sort of habits that you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then food to health, you can say, you know what, I'm gonna try a new smoothie recipe on yes. Tuesday because I'm going grocery shopping on Monday. So you yes. write that down. Yes. So it's just becoming self-aware. Yes. Of your patterns, your habits. Yes. 
It's exactly. really great. This is a really beautiful little book. Thank um, you. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of creating this? So mm-hmm. do you have a printer? Did you um, have a lot of work reworking the design? And was it a long process? Or did it just kind of <laughs> come out of you because you had already been implementing these systems in your own life? Um, no, it was definitely a struggle. So you <laughs> mentioned what were some of the struggles before. So, um, you know, I was a nurse at heart. I believed you go to school, you get an education. The entrepreneur in me did not exist. Um, I just knew I had an idea and I believed in it so much from seeing the results from friends and family that I'm just, I had to do it. I I don't know, this weird feeling came over me that it just felt like I had to do it. Um, But yeah, the process was challenging. I had no idea where to start, what to do. Google became my best friend. Mm. research like crazy and it was it was hard it was hard finding what to do um all that stuff i didn't know even um the, i didn't know the different business structures i didn't know who to even well, like i didn't know a graphic designer was called a graphic designer like i didn't know you know i didn't even know who to look for so it wasn't just like oh you look for somebody to design the book and then you look for somebody to print the book and i also um looked for people all across like Canada to print the book. And I looked there to go to the U.S. and realized, like, oh, my goodness, like, the costs were just exuberant. And I was like, okay, like, this is – it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. I can't I can't downgrade the work. Like, there's definitely work if you want to put into it, but I definitely still think it's completely possible because of the drive. Yeah. But Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, no, um, what specifically? Um, I had just – Truly, the internet was my best friend. Like, I just searched yeah. and searched and searched. And I didn't have people in my life, really, to, like, turn to because I didn't know too many entrepreneurs. Like, the ones that I did know, I did turn to them um, for support at that time. And any information helped. So, yeah. yeah. So, are you, this is being sold online? Online, yeah. In Indigo here in Kelowna mm-hmm. and um, the doorway in Trail. So, those are the two stores in online right now. Yeah. Very nice. So, yeah. what are you working on now? Are you trying to get into more retail stores? Uh, are you trying to bring your printing costs down? Or is it basically a set product and you sit back and the money rolls in? Oh, no, I wish. No, <laughs> it was, no it's not. It's definitely still learning. I feel like I'm learning every single day. Um, it's fun, though. It's new challenges. But no, I am definitely trying to spread awareness of the planner. I've so far just started in markets and so I've approached a few stores and that's about it. I definitely want to approach more stores. Um, I'm also um, working on an online course to that people can use. So like I'm just offering my personal experience and the ex- exercises I found and use. This is very blank slate so you can bring in your own health habits and make it unique to yourself. But I want to work on a course um, potentially a retreat in the future and um, yeah just just getting it out there yeah nice. yeah um, what just uh something off the top of my head yeah so I do have some background in marketing okay so um if you develop an online course say it's like five modules yeah because right? you're gonna cover each of the five yeah. topics right yeah um and then you can have a coupon that you tear out inside the uh front page of the book oh I like so that. it's like if you buy this planner you get uh you know 50 percent off the on oh. course, and I'll show you how to use it. Oh, that's right? perfect. Oh, goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can do a little 30-second video uh, on your website saying that. Yeah. Just so you know, it's a great planner. That's why I love it. Yeah. And uh, if you buy it, yeah. there's a coupon inside the book, and you get 50% off of this course. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do right. that. I'm definitely going to incorporate that. Thank <laughs> so, you. Glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. So what if your creativeness is also your 
exercise. So I'm thinking here, I'm, I love to garden. I yep. love the creativity of yep. creating a beautiful garden. I also count that as my exercise. <laughs> <laughs> because you're squatting and you're bending and you're always walking. Yeah. Can you do that with this book? Can you cheat yourself? <laughs> can you cheat? Well, I would you, say cheating. It's not cheating. But, <laughs> but you absolutely can because all it is, right? So then you, you decide to yourself, am I going to classify that as my physical movement or my creative space or both potentially? And you're tracking it and you will get that piece of like, Am I, am I doing good? Is this enough for like, and you will see right there, like, um, this is what I'm eating. Is my gardening enough, you know, health combating that sort of thing? Like, am I having days where I'm feeling really sad? Maybe I need to do more than gardening if it's not cheering me up sort of thing. So you will have that sort of like right there for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when you got the diagnosis, did Mm -hmm. you feel like you became more empathetic to your patients? Were you able to connect like, I know you've touched on mm-hmm. Were you able to connect more with them? Or did you still feel a little detached from them? I would say initially, so fell in love with nursing while I was going through the nursing program. Loved patients, loved it all. But I think initially I became more um, distant. I felt like ang- anger building up in myself because I wasn't dealing with the news myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I found it especially obvious when I would have... And I was working in mid-surge and emerge at that time. So you would get all all various patients, everything. Um, and, you know, when someone came in and, and felt like, you know, they just wanted a quick fix solution, didn't really care about their life, didn't really care about their health, just give me this drug, give me this fix, get me out of here sort of thing. It just frustrated me and like their attitude really frustrated me because mm-hmm. they're like they're and and being young too, they were like, Oh, you're some young nurse. What do you know about life? And what do you know about this? And you're yeah. just sitting there like, apparently I have a ticking time bomb in my head and I could drop dead right now and I'm sitting here taking care of you and dealing with this. Like I was I was definitely angry. Um I was there was a lot of emotions. <laughs> That I had to go through, but then over self-help and, and um, learning to deal with my own emotions and my acceptance of what I was told about myself really transformed me. And I think to being the best nurse possible because, yes, I became more empathetic, sympathizing and just like realized that like any any news sucks for people. It really does. And like just because mine was more serious, it doesn't mean that theirs is less serious and understanding that that was their difficult time and you know like they're needing that next drug so it's like I felt like I could have those conversations and be like and like when they would complain and it would be like oh it sucks before I think my naive nurse would be like no no it's fine we just have to you know do this and get on with it but like then I could actually sit with patients and be like yeah this does suck like let's talk about it it really sucks like I can talk about it with them so yeah Yeah. it changed for sure yeah Is this calendar good for a full year? A full year. I think it's actually more than a year because I get five weeks per month. So 60, 60 weeks, I think. Nice. That is. Yeah. That's or did nice. I say that? Five weeks per month? That's nice. I bought, you know, it's funny because I bought two planners yeah. recently. And one of them, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And I get to the end and I'm like, wait a second, when did I buy this? And it was three months. Right. And it was so expensive. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yes. They, I want to buy four. Yeah. And then I got another one, which yeah. was a little bit better. Yeah. And I'd seen how lots and lots of pages. And yeah. then I got to the end. I was like, I don't think it's been a full year. And it was six months. Yes. 
And I'm like, what is with these people? Like, but I <laughs> no, I've had that happen, and I understand like as a business strategy, but I've had that happen to myself as well, and I've been remember feeling so frustrated, like what? Like I thought there was a whole year in here, so like yeah. that was kind of like I and being like a person who used planners before, I made sure I put in like all the things there that I that really are. resonated with. Like it's undated, for example, because. A, if you fall off the wagon, so to speak, you can jump back on yes. and you don't waste the whole the whole planner. Right. Yes. That's yes. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Um, who would you like to nominate to come yeah. on the show? So um, I recently met Koa from... How do you spell Koa? K-O-A. Okay. Koa Hughes from uh, Duffy Baker Construction. Um, yeah, we were doing this talk together one night and... She just like blew me away of like how she spoke, and I think it's so great because like their construction business is doing really well, and then they like found a way to give back into the community, which is um, helping mamas for mamas, mm-hmm. and um, helping like they have a plot of land now, and they're getting um, fresh food that people can use eat and have access to, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, and I absolutely loved how she just like talked about, you know, your life is your responsibility and about taking action forward steps. And it just like just resonated with her. I think she is someone so incredible. And then the other person I really want to mention is also Shannon from Mamas for Mamas. And I feel like she's much more known in the um, Kelowna community. But and I had heard of Mamas for Mamas, but I kind of like didn't really get to know it all that well because I'm not a mom. So I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't really apply to me, this and that. But um, Shannon and I actually spoke um at a West Coast Women's Show in Vancouver two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. And um, getting to know her and her personality, I was just like, wow, like, no wonder Mamas is doing, Mamas for Mamas is doing so well because, like, it's people like this, like, behind it. I just think she's absolutely incredible and, like, someone to definitely talk about in Corona. <laughs> yeah. Great. And uh, <laughs> just tell us briefly, what is Mamas for Mamas? What do they do? So, basically, um, for moms in the community who can't afford, um, you know, basic necessities or support or resources like they cover everything and I don't even know the full extent of it at this point like I definitely want to learn more but um, basically you can make an appointment and there's like social workers um, there's a karma market where it's like free free um, some goodies and it's like really great stuff that brands are like supporting to and stuff so basically um, a mom who's struggling can come in and um, talk to get the girls set up there and they just help with like everything and like one of the things I learned about recently which I thought was really neat is like they will even um, like there's toys for children as well but say if like a a young child was invited to a birthday party um, and they felt like they couldn't go because they couldn't afford like a gift for that person and their child gets excluded well they can also take a gift like for another child from the from the karma market i thought that was just such a like they sounds like they've just thought about everything sounds really nice yeah great well amanda thank you so much for your time today thank you so conversation yes it has thank you so much for having me and asking all these great questions oh last (laughs) question yeah Uh, do you have a website where we can by this wonderful calendar. Oh, yeah. So the website is aim and glow. <laughs> aim at glow with the plus sign. You know, uh, and. and it's written out oh, and. and. Yeah. Okay. yeah it just All right. We'll, version. we'll link to everything in the uh, show notes. So Okay. That's fantastic. Great. Thanks Thank so much. Luke Mankus is a realtor. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011. And he always says, yeah, one regret. And that is he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know 
anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Lou can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent, and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, 778-215-4273 to chat with Luke about real estate.